0: We'll start then by reading together our uh, verse for today. So let's say, this, uh, let's say this together. I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's good to take a moment actually to think, why, why are you here in the house of the Lord this morning? Maybe it's out of a sense of duty, out of a sense of habit, Maybe you just came because you couldn't think of anything else to do. Um, Whatever reason you're actually here for this morning, let's make it our prayer that we want to meet with God and we want to hear from him. We want to bring ourselves to him. And whatever we've left behind us, whatever we've brought here with us, our aim is to to be here with God take a moment then just to bring ourselves before him and to say to him that uh, we want to meet with him above everything else. Let's uh, let's pray together. Father, we are glad to be here this morning, to be part of uh, your people, to be joined together to bring ourselves before you and to bring our praise and our worship to you. And we pray that uh, our hearts may be warmed within us as we draw near to you and as you have promised to draw near to us. So, Lord, whatever our circumstances, whatever our thoughts, uh, whatever may be troubling us, whatever may be giving us joy, we pray that uh, above all we may be meeting in your house today and knowing you graciously meeting with us. We pray. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The group are going to come and uh, lead us now. Thank you.
1: Praise him, the sun, moon and bright shining stars. We've got a glorious of sunshine this morning. We couldn't see the music even here today. It's just a lovely problem to have, but it's now moved around. So let's stand and sing our praise to our great Father in heaven. Praise him, you heavens and all that's above. Let's stand and sing. What a love, what a cost. We stand forgiven at the cross. Lord, we thank you that we can come before you today, that you take us as we are, and that we're humbled by your great love and mercy that you show us. We thank you for that. We pray, Lord, that you'll take the offerings that we bring this morning of our worship, of our time, of our money, of our lives, and that you'll use them, Lord, all of those things together to extend your kingdom both here and overseas. We ask this in your son's precious name. Amen. Please be seated.
0: I'd like to uh, take your Bibles, if you have one at hand. We're going to have our reading from Luke, uh, Luke chapter 7. And it's on page 1036, if you have a church uh, Bible. It's Luke chapter 7, starting from verse 36. And we're continuing our series in parables that uh, Jesus told, uh, particularly with the theme of uh, contrasts. And we'll see some of the contrasts that come into this uh, account and the parable that Jesus told. So this is Luke chapter 7 verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learnt that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of a woman she is, that she's a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose, the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. And then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, how many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. And Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven the other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Let's just pray as we uh, come to God's word this morning. Father, we do thank you for the privilege of coming to your word. Uh, Thank you that we can read it, that we can think about it, that we can... Let it uh, work its way into our hearts. We thank you. We thank you for Luke and others like him who, under the guidance of your Holy Spirit, uh, put your word together, put this gospel together. And we thank you that your spirit takes your word and ministers it uh, into our lives and hearts. And we pray that this morning as we reflect on this passage, that you would bring your word out of it to us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are doing a series on parables that Jesus taught and particularly looking at, at contrasts. And here we have a very obvious uh, contrast between Simon the Pharisee, the uh, very strict religious person, and Jesus uh uh, I will excuse, well, we do, have a, uh, we do have a contrast between Simon and Jesus. We have two contrasts, really, because we have a contrast between two, <coughs> two very religious people, Simon on the one hand and Jesus on the other, and uh, a contrast in their, their attitudes to sin and sinners. But also we have a, a contrast between Simon the Pharisee, very correct, very much down the line, and this uh, sinful woman, uh, almost certainly a, a, a prostitute within the, uh, within the town, well known in the town probably as a person of ill repute. And what comes to us this morning is that, in fact, both of them need forgiveness. As Jesus tells the parable, he says, uh, there were two debtors. Neither of them could repay their debts. They both needed their debts forgiven. <clears throat> one was small, one was big. And so what we have uh, this morning uh, is uh, an indication that everyone needs forgiveness, and that forgiveness is there uh, if we come to Jesus for it. Two people owed money. It's a very small parable tucked away, really, in the sense, in the middle of this narrative that Luke uh, has, has brought to us. Two people owed money. One had a big debt. One had a small debt. Neither of them could repay, but the moneylender, the banker, repaid or wiped out both of those debts. And that led in turn to a question uh, that Jesus asked Simon, saying, um, so which of them uh, would love uh, the the banker or the moneylender more? And Simon comes up with the answer. Um, Well, of course, it's almost too obvious a question to ask. Um, it's the one who was forgiven more is going to express uh, a, a greater love. So there's a very simple, short parable, almost too obvious uh, to um, see much um, in it that we need to tease out. And yet it's set in the context of this uh, uh, account of, of Simon and the, uh, the sinful woman whose name we're not given. Uh, and so it's really the, the context that is everything uh, that we need to look at in order to tease out the the significance and the strength of this parable that Jesus taught. So we, can, we need essentially to, uh, to to look at this. If we, I wasn't sort of going to do this, but I figure if you've got a Bible translator preaching, you've got to have something that sort of uh, uh, figures a bit on the Bible translation side. Um, There's a very interesting uh, structure to this narrative, as as Luke has has put it together, and it's really a sign of its its authenticity. Um, And the parable comes right at the middle. If we can have the the next one. Um, You've you've got got an introduction uh, about the Pharisee and the woman. You've then got a description of the woman's lavish welcome, uh, what she did for Jesus, with the perfume and her tears, um, you've then got a, a dialogue within the, within Simon's mind saying, "You know, he, if if Jesus, if this potential rabbi really knew, um, was you know was really on the ball, he would know what kind of woman this is that he's that that's, he, is touching him, and that's just not on. It's just not right." And then in the middle, you've got the parable, just these, this fairly short parable. And then you sort of work your way back out again in in a a way that you've got another dialogue. Uh, In this case, Simon picks the right answer. Simon was wrong the first time in his condemnation of Jesus. Now Jesus asks him a question and he gets it right. You've then got a description of Simon's lack of all the things that Simon didn't do. And then you get the conclusion uh, at the end of Jesus uh, saying to the woman, your sins are forgiven and go in peace well, I don't know what you make of that but it's it's actually quite a a strong sort of structure that that the prophets often used in the Old Testament uh, and you you see echoes of it too uh, in the New Testament and it focuses us in it sort of leads us in to the central point of the parable and then it sort of draws us out again and uh, okay, that's uh, as I say that's the Bible translators, uh, that's the bit what we want to do, then, is to understand the, the context of what, of what this parable uh, was set in. And to do that, we're going to just look at a series of, of questions and try and answer those questions. And um, so, let's, uh, let's have a look at those. There's a good number of questions there. Why did, Simon, why did Simon invite Jesus for a meal? It may seem rather strange. What was Simon doing, inviting Jesus into his house for a meal? Why was Jesus so hard on the Pharisees? Why was he always at loggerheads with them? What was it that Simon actually failed to do? How did the woman get in? It seems a bit strange that this woman of ill repute has somehow got in on this dinner invitation and she's there by the table, able to minister uh, to Jesus. What's going on there? How did she manage to... Was she a gate crusher or what? Um, why, why was she crying? What's the point of the parable? What's the connection between love and forgiveness? being forgiven? And then the big question of all, who is this who even forgives sins? Who is it? What do we make of Jesus? So let's just quickly go through some of those questions and, and think about them. Why did Simon invite Jesus uh, to his house for a meal? Probably he was wanting to... Um, Get his hands on this sort of uh, this new rabbi who was making a name for himself, who was gathering a following, and was so unconventional, was so uh, going against uh, normal conventions of what a rabbi should do. And Simon probably wanted to sort of to beat him into shape, to get him down to the right kind of uh, way that a rabbi should behave. The Pharisees probably initially sought to sort of bring Jesus into line. When they realised they weren't going to do that and they were in danger of losing their own sort of power structure, and they would no longer have the control that they were used to, Um, then they started stronger forms of opposition, and eventually seeing that his removal from the scene entirely was really the only way they were going to preserve their power base. Which leads us into the second question then, Why, why was Jesus always at loggerheads with the Pharisees? comes again and again in the scriptures, doesn't it? Jesus, uh, Jesus seems very hard on the Pharisees, more uh, than, than anybody else. And I think because, in a sense, the Pharisees represented sort of smug religiosity. They did everything right, um, but Jesus comes sort of head to head with the established religious order, whose main aim was just to, to preserve their status, to preserve the way they did things, and they didn't want any threat that. They're not merciful, as you see here. They're not forgiving. They have all the rules to follow. Uh, They have uh, what Paul, in writing to Timothy, described as they have a form of godliness. They follow the rules. They keep the regulations, and they try and impose those on others. But they lack the the power of a forgiven life, and they lack mercy, and they lack forgiveness uh, to others. So there's a big contrast there, isn't there, between Jesus uh, who came to seek and to save the lost and who reaches out to this woman and the Pharisees whose main concern was actually to keep themselves clean and to avoid contact with those who might contaminate them by their way of life, uh, by the kind of person that they were. So there's a real contrast there. What did Simon fail to do? How do you welcome a visitor? If you've invited somebody to your house for a meal, how do you show that they're welcome? You probably don't leave them standing on the doorstep. As soon as the bell rings, you'll go and open the door and take their coats and say, okay, make yourselves at home, come in. Um, If the TV is on and a visitor comes to your house, would you turn the TV off? Probably. Um, In fact, if you leave the TV on, it's it's sort of almost a sign of, of, well, okay, you're not really interested in your visitors. Um, You're more interested in what's going on there. Interestingly, um, in Ghana, it's almost the opposite. Um, I've been, you know, we've been invited to people's houses um, for a meal. And actually, when you walk in, they'll actually turn the television on. um, uh, Because somehow that shows the right sort of, uh, I don't know, social entertainment or standing or something. I don't quite figure out what goes on there. Um, But it's something we sort of, you know, it fix something in your mind and you think, uh, oh, well, okay, things are different. People's cultures are different. Um, We know we're actually welcome. But in our our culture, we have certain ways of showing uh, that somebody is welcome. And that was true um, in Jesus' time. Uh, It's true for what the Pharisee would have been expected to do for somebody who he's invited to a meal, to show that they are welcome, that the formalities uh, of just uh, being polite. And Simon, by the things that he failed to do here, really he failed to show Jesus uh, proper respect. Even, even the norms of politeness were, were missing. And uh, he perhaps rather wanted to, to humiliate Jesus almost by ignoring him as as he came in. And in fact, the indication is almost that Jesus had to make his own way um, to, as it says here, recline at table, almost that uh, he wasn't even shown the way. He had to make himself, uh, do for himself what his host should in fact have have led him to do. How How did the sinful woman get there? How was she somehow in on the dinner invitation but she obviously wasn't invited probably she had asked around um, you know like uh, when we have a visiting preacher at church he'd be asked to somebody's house uh, for lunch, for dinner uh, and uh, somebody might ask, uh, who's the preacher eating with today and perhaps that's what this woman did almost certainly she had had prior contact with Jesus, she must have she must have Uh, come face to face with him. She must have been struck by his accepting attitude towards her, so different um, from what the treatment she would normally receive would be um, in the town because of the kind of woman that she was. And she must have been very struck by Jesus' uh, accepting uh, attitude towards her. And she wanted to express her gratitude to this unusual rabbi, this unusual teacher, this unusual person, uh, who had reached out to her. And so perhaps she would have asked, where's the rabbi eating today? And she would have been told, oh, he's eating at the house of Simon the Pharisee. And of course, uh, you think about what housing would have been like, um, would have been a much more sort of open um, situation, not a not front door with a doorbell, um, but people could, could come in, could leave. Uh, and uh, so she found herself uh, there in the situation, um, even probably there before Jesus arrived, because uh, Jesus said, um, since I arrived, she hasn't ceased to um, make me uh, show, show her love and show her welcome for me. <clears throat> and perhaps uh, people like her would have been tolerated on the fringes uh, as an opportunity to perhaps to, 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 to give alms and to show that you were actually a generous kind of person, as long as you didn't get too close uh, to, the, to that kind of a person. Why was she crying? Probably, um, she saw really the insult that Simon had, had given to Jesus by having him into his, having Jesus into his house, and yet failing to, to uh, conform even to the normal norms of, of politeness. And um, she sees, in fact, how badly this person who has reached out to her is actually being treated by this respectable religious leader and uh, she wants somehow to sort of counteract that she's brought perfume with her perhaps she was hoping to anoint Jesus' head or something Um, but in fact she finds herself uh, with Jesus reclining at table she finds herself standing there by his feet and so she does what she can uh, and she's crying her tears are are, are, are wetting Jesus' feet and um, she's pouring out her perfume uh, onto his feet It's a wonderful picture, isn't it, of somebody who just wants to pour out their love and gratitude, their thankfulness, to somebody who has uh, accepted her like nobody else would do. She did what Simon singularly failed to do. So then we come... To the, to the middle of this account. What's the point of the parable? Why, why, why did Jesus tell this particular parable at this particular point? And um, he asks uh, a question at the end of the parable, which of these two, the man, with, the person with the big debt, the person with the small debt, both forgiven, which of them is going to love the money lender more? And Simon, almost sort of sheepishly, it sort of seems to seem. well, he sort of you know says, well, I suppose... Uh, well, it's obvious, isn't it? But he sort of almost uh, says he, he can begin to see that Jesus is is getting at him, and and he says, "Well, I suppose the one uh, who was forgiven the bigger debt." And Jesus says, "Yes, that's right." And then then he brings it he brings it home, which of, which of the two had demonstrated a heartfelt love for Jesus. Simon had failed to meet even even the normal expected norms of politeness. He was he was critical of Jesus. What's Jesus doing with this woman? Why is he allowing her to, to, to come close to him? He was uh, critical of the woman, and he was he kept himself in the sort of the, the heights of respectability that wouldn't allow itself uh, to get near to somebody of, of ill repute and he was he was sort of cold because he had no experience of being forgiven. He didn't think he needed to be forgiven. He was okay. He had followed the rules um, he led a religious life uh he kept himself clean and um so he had really no appreciation, no love uh to express. But the woman poured out all that she had because she had experienced Jesus' acceptance of her. So we need to think about, what's the connection between love and forgiveness? And I think it's clear here that that the love is the outcome of having been forgiven. She isn't forgiven because she loves, but she loves because she has been forgiven. And Simon fails to love because he's not aware of his need for forgiveness. He was okay. And so we really come to the biggest question of all and one that we need to answer for ourselves. Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus is the one who who broke the rules. He didn't conform to the expectations of society, certainly for a rabbi. Um, He is the one who came to seek and to save those who are lost, those like this woman who was definitely beyond salvation as far as uh, the people of the town would have been concerned, certainly as far as Simon was concerned. She was beyond salvation, but Jesus came to seek and to save those like this woman who were aware of their need for forgiveness who knew um, they'd done wrong knew uh, they were far from what they wanted to be or what they ought to be and yet Jesus reached out to her because he was the one who came to seek and to save people like her and the as, as Jesus interacts further with this woman and says finally uh, your sins have been forgiven. Your faith uh, has made you whole. Um, and the people are asking, well, who is this? Who even forgives sins? Maybe some of them were a bit cynical and saying, oh, who, do, who, who does he think he is forgiving people's sins? And that, that was something which came up in, in, in other circumstances, is not it? As you read through the New Testament, uh, you can see uh, others that were perplexed by Jesus actually going a step too far in saying your sins are forgiven. And that's that's a, a, a key to the kind of dealings that Jesus had with, with other people. And really, I think we see from this parable that, that in a sense the world is divided into two kinds of people. Those who think they are okay, think they've kept a good enough standard. Simon was certainly pretty smug in that respect. And those who know that they're not okay, those that know they haven't reached uh even even the expectations of, of normal behaviour, um, let alone what God might be expecting of them. And this sort of contrast between the, the good, law abiding kind of people and the the, the 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 rebellious um kind of people uh is, is again something which comes frequently in the scriptures even even in in the parables think of the the, the prodigal son uh, the one who rebelled against his father who who asked for his inheritance and went off and wasted it and the good stay-at-home son who in the end actually confronts his father uh, in an equally um unacceptable way um both of them actually needed forgiveness the 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 law abiding good stay-at-home, compliant, son, and the rebellious, kicking against the, the norms of society, son, both needed forgiveness. And that's something which you can see coming again and again uh, in the scriptures. Well, just look at, at one other passage um, which uh, comes in Matthew. And uh, if we could take many examples. Let's just quickly look at this one. When Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, another dinner invitation, this time from Matthew, the tax collector who, uh, who knew he had been forgiven and invited Jesus. When Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and with his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? This, you know, it's, it's not on, it's just not done. And on hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And again, Jesus is alluding to a a thread that comes many times in the Old Testament too, um, that God is interested in mercy. Okay, it's good to follow the rules, it's good to sacrifice in the Old Testament, um, but without mercy without the right attitude, then that's uh, that's empty. And again, you've got this contrast between those who think they're okay and those who know they're definitely not okay. Those who are healthy won't call a doctor. Or those who think they're healthy won't call a doctor. And so in fact, if you think you're okay, if you think you've actually you know, got got up to sufficient, goodness, but you're okay, then you're actually in a more dangerous position than the person who actually knows they've fouled things up and messed things up and know they need forgiveness and know they need to meet uh, somebody who can forgive their sins. And so the key question really is, you know, is God only interested in good people? Do we have to get our lives straight before God is going to deal with us, before Uh, We can bring ourselves before God or do we need to go to God in our messed up state like this woman and seek his forgiveness and know that Jesus has the authority to forgive sins and also the willingness to forgive sins. Jesus through his death on the cross has earned the authority, he has paid the penalty for our sins and he has forgiven us if we come to him. So Jesus is not saying to the woman, okay, go and get cleaned up, get your life in order and then come back and we'll see what we can do. He's not saying that. He says to the woman, your sins are forgiven, go in peace, your faith has saved you. That was a remarkable thing uh, to say to a woman in that situation. So God's not just interested in good people, I think perhaps Jesus was hard on the Pharisees because he knew he needed to shock them out of their complacency. Maybe God needs to shock us out of our complacency and to make us see our ultimate need. All of us have fallen short of God's standards. It's Not one of us that can say we've got it made. Both the the good, whether you're a good, compliant, religious kind of a person, whether you're naturally rebel, and don't want to do things the way uh, that you're asked to or told to, whatever kind of person you are, we all need forgiveness. And Jesus is there, willing to forgive us, able to forgive us. So I hope you're getting the message of this. Being a Christian is not about living a good kind of a life that comes out of forgiveness. The love flows out of the forgiveness. We need to start from the point of knowing that we've been forgiven. It's not about following certain rules or rituals or keeping up certain standards in order to make ourselves acceptable to God. Here's a quote from Eugene Peterson who uh, was responsible for putting the message translation together and he says, the Christian life was never intended to be a conventional cautious, careful, tiptoeing through the tulips kind of a way of life avoiding moral mud puddles staying out of trouble and hopefully accumulating enough marks for good behaviour to ensure us a happy Hereafter, And that's what Jesus really shows up uh, in this uh, account of how he dealt with the woman. He wasn't just trying to keep himself uh, above these issues. He delved into them, he dealt with them and he's able to move into our lives and to deal with them however messed up uh, they may be. God's not just interested in good people and those who keep up the standards and it's the degree to which we realise our need of forgiveness Uh, that feeds through into our love for Jesus. And that's what Jesus says here. Um, She has been forgiven much, and so that's poured out in her love and how she shows it. And so the the degree to which we realise our need for forgiveness feeds through into the way we show our love for Jesus and our love for others. Simon looked down on Jesus, really, he wanted to make Jesus conform to the ways that he thought Jesus ought to be. If he was going to be a rabbi, uh, a respectable rabbi, then he needed to get his act together and, and, and not be skating off with all these tax collectors and sinners and, and contaminating himself in that way. Jesus got stuck in to the, 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 the rough side of life and dealt with people in those situations, and he can do the same for us, whatever situation we find ourselves in. It's very easy, isn't it, to to, to want to trim Jesus down to, to what we feel comfortable with, to what we would like him to be, with what we would like him to say. And he shocks us sometimes. He should shock us because he wasn't that kind of a religious person. We should be looking at him in awe and wonder as this woman did who is this who even forgives sins? That's what it led people to say. And we need to be clear, has Jesus forgiven my sin? Has Jesus forgiven your sin? And and then, what does that lead us into in terms of how we express our love for him? Jesus seeks out the needy and the lost. And he wiped out the debt, the sin of this woman. And he was ready to wipe out out Simon's debt if he would recognise his need we don't know whether Simon ever did. We don't know whether the elder son in, in the parable of the prodigal son ever actually reconciled himself and came to his father for, for forgiveness. Um, that's left open. But for ourselves, we can we can decide. We can choose what the end of the story is. Whether our, whether we go to Jesus, we go to God for forgiveness, or we don't. I pray that if you're not sure this morning who is this who even forgives sins if you're not sure of your relationship to Jesus and to God then answer that question that's the big question that uh, that we need to, to end with this morning that should be resonating in our hearts who is this um, who forgi- even forgives sins do I know Jesus as my Saviour do I know Jesus as the one who has met with me and graciously forgiven me? And if so, how do we express our love for him? How do we express our love for God? Are we actually aware of the enormity of what Jesus has done for us on the cross? In taking our sin, in bearing our sin, in enabling that forgiveness uh, to come to us. So how extravagant is our love for Jesus? Or are, Are we more concerned about being respectable, keeping up standards, keeping up appearances or do we really actually want to pour out our love for Jesus I think some of us maybe we open the door to Jesus but we leave the TV on and that shows how much we really value him the woman has a lot to challenge us with in the way in which she expressed her, her gratitude her love for Jesus because she knew she had been forgiven much let's just pause a moment and and pray Father God you know our hearts, you know our relationship with the Saviour that you sent into the world to redeem us, to forgive us we thank you that through the cross Jesus has the power and the right to pronounce forgiveness of sins because he took the penalty upon himself. And there's nothing that we could do to repay the debt. We need it to be forgiven. And we pray that as we are aware of that great and wonderful forgiveness that is offered to us through Jesus, then we may pour out our love. We may be challenged by this woman who, who poured out her all, because of her love for Jesus help us to do that help us to see ways in which you'd like us to do that and and help us to to get uh, stuck into the side of life which perhaps we would rather keep ourselves away from Um, but to seek out those who need your love who need to know your forgiveness who need to know that acceptance that comes from a wonderful saviour. So we we come to you now and just bring ourselves to you and pray for your ongoing work in our lives and that we may be blessed by your touch and by your presence with us day by day. We pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of the saviour, the hope of nations. Let's stand and sing together.
0: that Jesus said to the woman, go in peace, and we pray that we may hear Jesus saying to us, go in peace, because we know our sins have been forgiven. We pray that peace may be a very precious thing in our hearts and lives, as we know uh, we have that right relationship with God, not through anything that we have done, but because of all that Jesus has done and by his Spirit placed in our hearts as Uh, guarantee of all that you have done. So we bring ourselves to you now and share in the words of the grace together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God
1: and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.